Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome to Lorehammer, Listener Lore 2. Welcome back to Lorehammer. This is our uh, second Lorehammer. So Listener Lore 2, the electric boogaloo. Attack of the... Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Welcome to this episode. Yeah. Um, my name is Eric. Hey, I'm Mark. This is Jordan. And joining us today for the very last time. The Eternal Christian. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. I am eternal. <laughs> just um, bring that mic a little closer to you. It's really rammed yeah, down your throat. Just up, like, up. If, ever, if ever you eat in a banana... Yeah, there you go. Now, oh. Harry Chewbacca. <laughs> there you go. I should never have told you. That. Uh. That's so gross. I don't want to think of Christian doing that at all. <laughs> Anyways, this is our uh, lore episode where uh, we're finally getting around to sharing a couple more stories as given in by you. The people. The people. <laughs> I should just sneak that into every episode. You probably almost have without even unconsciously. Yeah, I don't even. I bet there's community episodes, like community quotes, riddled through this. You know what? No, thing. you've been pretty good with not doing community quotes. I think it's been long enough that's out of your system. Well, now I just need to go rewatch it. Probably, mm. but it's gonna be a sad couple months of <laughs> quotes from you. Seven seasons in a movie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So we're today uh, we're gonna read some stories that uh, you guys have submitted. And then we're going to chat. We're going to say uh, what we liked, what we think. We have been. a very strict rating scale. Of course. It's all about the twitch of the it's dong. It's either a potato or not a potato. Exactly. And that's, it's pass-fail on this system. <laughs> but we don't know if the potato is a pass or if the not potato <laughs> is a pass. Interesting. We'll yeah. let the listeners decide. You can be a potato or not a potato. You take it however you want. You can make mashed potatoes. You can do scallop potatoes. <laughs> They're your potatoes. They're your potatoes. <laughs> I don't care what you do with them. <laughs> Anyways, I say uh-huh. I say we dive right in. Um, uh, Jordan, you want to read the first one? Uh, sure, but uh, it's still loading for me, so oh. maybe. Well, in that I'll case, I'll go next. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I will read the first one then. And this is from Austin, and I think he wrote to us about Eldar because the first line is "The Mask of the Endless Step." That's a pretty good guess. You never know. Never know. Hard to say. Huh. Hard to say. Anyways, here we go. The Endless Steppe, a desolate region perched atop an arid mesa, the world's highest point. 
Clouds of thin ochre gas traced the bottoms of peaking stone mountains and bluffs. It was serene, the perfect place right out of a performance or story. If the war could be muted, one would never know the horrors kept in check amidst the cloud-piercing mountaintops. Webway portals, some crumbled, some preserved, dotted the horizon. This ancient land, once bearing a cornucopia of wraithbone and spirit stones, had long been dried up and left in a chaotic wake of ash and dust. A world seemingly null and void of purpose somehow remained locked in war. The webway entries constantly berated by chaos, and the demons of Slanesh crashing upon the lands tirelessly, hunting for a way in, gave the mask purpose. It was the mask of the endless step that protected these gateways, ever vigilant, silent, and steadfast. The war was eternal. A divine comedy of sorts, reminiscent of an adolescent force repeatedly disciplined and kept in line, yet unrelenting. It reeked of insanity, the results never changing. Each Harlequin loss was a tragedy, but laughable as they returned to Kegorak's embrace in the fa face of countless demonkin torn apart. Demonic princes, exalted champions, forces of the pleasure cults, and slanesh-marked legions alike all tried, but never entered the webway through the endless steppe. They would not. Shuriken fire cut through the serene visage. Pistols and cannons opened up, splitting ceramite and mutated flesh, dropping the legionnaires. Chaos marines and warp-spawned abominations were pushed from the tops of the mountainous bluffs and left plummeting through the skyscape to their fate below. They fought silently, hailing from the once populous silent shroud. Battling in silence and utilizing fear tactics to horrify their opponents was how they broke them. Even the demonic forces of chaos could be taught fear. Mirror Walker knelt. The stacks on her back-mounted launcher rippled and wavered in the heat of the air as canisters of hallucinogenic gas lobbed away. Three seconds. The near-impossible form of her torso shimmered in and out of the light's perceivable spectrum. Her footing became loose as the abominable, brutish hulk of twisted flesh and machine lashed towards her. But she was already gone, flipping through the air. Its hell-forged whips scraped the ground, unable to connect with her glimmering skin. Leaping above, she teased to the tortured machine with shuriken fire across its hull. Two seconds. The canisters of neurotropic gas caught up to her, slowly passing her quick form. She delighted in watching them pass, so relatively slow, she could reach out and touch them. The hell brute tried to keep pace with the dancing shadow seer. It could not. One second. Gas began to trail from the glowing red canisters, foretelling a hallucinogenic hell about to unfold. She spun her staff, decoupling the spiked cabling on the monster's plasma cannon. Its crazed state made her grin. A face shone upon her reflective mask. It was not her own, but that of the once-living Emperor's Children Primarch cackling and laughing, changing into the loud of the laughing god, playing to the enemy's frustration. Then it went black. Zero seconds. The canisters burst across the Hellbrute's torso. Translucent gas shined, warping the light around the monstrosity. Mirror Walker was already gone. Over her shoulder, the crazed abomination slammed the ground, shrieking, tearing its own limbs apart in confused death throes. Silence followed, but already her bounding form was too far to have heard. Stitchix grinned. It peeked from beneath the chipped harlequin mask, hiding the incomplete side of his face. He was enjoying this, as he always did. The whirling maelstrom of gore that painted the air around him seemed frozen in time. He observed his beasts of war, pounding and thrashing with their massive microscalpels, pulverizing the unlucky demonets nearby. Tails unwound in a flurry of splinter pod fire as the talos carved a path for the homunculus master. He surveyed the corpses beneath their hovering bodies as they cut forward. 
Seldom coming across the mask of a fallen player, he lowered himself. Curiously, the mechanical tentacles condensed along his spine, lowering his feet just above the hot earth, but not touching. His skin was so fragile and pale. Scraping his feet across the rocky dirt beneath was pain not warranted at this time. There was plenty abound. It filled him. He could feel every slashing gesture of his pain engine puppets, and it satisfied him. Clutching a, fra a fractured porcelain mask, whose white surface was dusty and stained by the dark ichor spilt by demons, Stitchitz opened his long, fleshy coat. He pierced the side with a makeshift hook of scrap metal and hung the mask inside. It clattered gently as it bumped the others. The Collector, as the troop referred to him in their stories, and his flesh-crafting talent was a welcome addition. The sheer force and terrifying presence of the dark green pain engines played so well into their performances. Stories were told by each troop as it traveled of horrifying abominations, wrangled and driven to war by the mysterious collector, Stitchix. It was a symbiotic relationship. The mask gained an invulnerable backbone in combat, an engine for horror, and it stroked his ego. That is why he chose to live permanently among the troop outside of the webway and far from Kimura. He had his fill here of battle, pain, and gore from which to perform his fleshcraft. It was the perfect life. Stitchix grinned. Hmm. Fancy. thought you were reading an, an audio book then. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much was. Yeah. It's That's, well written. Yeah, it's a, it's a good story. It's very descriptive. Yeah. I uh, account it to be a good story because it had lots of words that I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> so the bigger the words, the better the author. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of that's how, how like that's why the dictionary to you is the best book. Yes, <laughs> it's it's, you can't read it. No, even. you can't. Well, you there's no pictures. How could you? <laughs> no, that was cool. I I liked that there wasn't anything over the top. Like it's cool. You should just uh, is a uh, regular mask. Yeah, just guarding uh, the webway from demons. Like yeah. it's, it's just, as it, uh, a simple story. Not everything has to be grand yeah. and over the top. It's very, very, very believable. Yeah. Plus, who doesn't like some violence when you're reading some lore? Yeah. So. I also liked the inclusion of a dark Eldar. Yeah. Which was interesting. And how he's part of the troop. And yeah. he continues to practice his craft as part of that troop, which was kind of cool. Mm, flesh crafter. I give it a resounding not a potato. <laughs> One resounding what, Which was odd because I was definitely going to say potato. Oh. Do you know what a potato is? <laughs> well, everything Have you ever is seen a potato. Everything is well. It doesn't matter. It's my potato. I do whatever the hell I want with ah. it. And if I choose to give it to this guy, to Austin, I, I'll he gets a potato. <laughs> no, I I fully agree. Definitely well written. Isn't like you know, chapter masters of every stripe and every yeah, major character. Or, yeah, and they exactly. Beat down core. Yeah, no, it's very you know, simple. You know? Yeah, it's like the story of like a single guardsman. You know, a small troop of. Of Eldar doing what they do. Yeah, it's an individual story. Yeah. yeah. Right? I think it's definitely a character driven. I'm guessing if he plays, he probably has the models for these characters. And yeah. it's more character driven than yeah. like. Yeah, we don't know he's their probably history. got that one homunculi. Yeah. yeah. We don't know their history, their background, like why that uh, homunculi decided to leave Kegara. Kamora. Kamora, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure the story is there somewhere. If, uh, yeah. If he sends us the rest of his book, then <laughs> maybe the prelude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Um, like not everyone's army. Like everyone creates a different story for their army, right? So his, he just he created a, a snapshot of how they look. So it could even yeah. be that like he fought demons at one point, 
And it just it was a really cool battle to him, and he wrote a story about it, yeah. right? Which I think is is cool. It's cool to take inspiration from your actual Warhammer games yeah. and apply them into yeah. fiction. We did it. We rated it. We rated the shit out of that story. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I I fully enjoyed it. Um, I definitely think there's information that's missing, like. Well, like just the origin story. I'm a oh. sucker for origins. Mm. Like, what? Why is that? Uh, sure. Like, where where do they come from? Yeah. yeah. Like, why? How do they accept the homunculi um, as like part of their troop? Yeah. Right. As part of their mask. Um, is there any other defining features of their mask that sets them apart from other ones? So, all things that can be answered, but things that weren't important for this story. Yeah, you didn't yeah. need to know that for this yeah. story. Yeah. I'm just gonna mess with my mic real quick, so I apologize for any sound interference. We, can, we can't even hear it. Just oh yeah, wiggle yeah. it. It's not. Jerk it. It's Twist. not staying Jerk. up. Harder. It doesn't stay up. Yes, it does. I tried, <laughs> Jordan. Okay, you guys. That keep sounds like a personal problem. Yourselves. Okay, Christian, you want to read the next one? Yeah. Oh, well, my mic's gonna get fixed. Oh, here. okay. Because I was ramming it down my throat. <laughs> Apparently, it's not what you're supposed to do with it. Now it won't stay up anymore. Okay, I'll read the next one. Um, I'm going to read the one that I want to read, though, because it involves <laughs> Primaris Marines. Ah, and I see. I love me some Primaris Marines. Oh, so. y- you're lying. It's just the shortest one. Busted. <laughs> totally busted. <laughs> Called me out. All right. But also, I love Primaris Marines. Of course. Who doesn't? Deep down inside, they yeah. are truly what I want. Oh, so. I've, seen, I, I've seen a little tease in here, and I think I'm going to be interested as well. <laughs> so this one is by Nathaniel. Nathaniel Garrow. Yeah. No. Just Nathaniel. <laughs> oh, well, you never know. 40K person writing a book about 40K. It's hard to say. No, he's writing a book about real life. Oh, an God. average dude. <laughs> How to make friends and influence people <laughs> as a space marine. You don't. It's a very short book. It should be called... Uh, how to lose friends and alienate. <laughs> <laughs> How to lose friends and kill the kill aliens. aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Mutants the alienated people. <laughs> I would let Eric read that book to me. <laughs> All right. So this story is by Nathaniel. Uh, Eric, how would you say this first? Heinrichtus? <laughs> yep. Let's go with that. Heinrichtus Ulrich is a primary space marine who made a name for himself during the Black Templar's time with the Indominus Crusade or whatever other, or whatever other conflicts the Black Templars have had with their new spiffy bros. <laughs> <laughs> the Grim Sergeant has proven his undying zeal and hatred for the face of the alien traitor in which, with the galaxy in turmoil, there is only one place he can find solace with which he smites the wicked, that being faith in the Emperor's divinity. With his litanies unending. <laughs> I feel like we just need that and the some litanies in the background yeah. while reading this. We can get some candles in here. Ah, yes. With his litanies unending, the blood on his relic power sword never dying. What? How did I say it? Heinrichtus. Heinrichtus promotion to the sword brother was quick. However, with his new leadership position, he seems to be running away with his assor- the authority that he has been given. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Much akin to the ritual meditation done by all neophytes before battle in search of the next emperor's champion, Heinrichtus spends much time praying and meditating to the god emperor, claiming to hear his holy voice, the sword brother's task with quests of what he sees as divine in nature. 
While he is not deep in prayer and meditation, he closely watches his battle brothers closely. Interesting. Very, it's, he wants you to know it's very close. Very close. So he watches them closely, and then he watches them closely. It's like again. you can hear him breathing over your shoulder. That close. What are you doing over there? Making, okay, redundancy notwithstanding. <laughs> making notes of individual strengths and weaknesses, assessing who's, who delivers the emperor's holy wrath in a manner that most suits his holy tasking. Before battle, he makes use of his honored status to compose crusader squads of different compositions and strays from the crusade's main doctrinal missions for the battle to come. With the holy words of the god-emperor guiding his actions and the actions of his chosen uh, companions, the or champions... That was and companions. It, That's what it says. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. So. I can just picture you reading in class. <laughs> I never had to. I never right. did. I went to east side. That's why I'm the, so the bad at reading. The teacher is like, all right, Mark, if you could read it. And he just goes, no. <laughs> no, I cannot thanks thanks so <laughs> the enemies of all mankind will find no pity no remorse and no fear in heinrichtus Ulrich. so to explain a bit for what i'm doing on tabletop oh so this is now nathaniel oh, just talking yeah okay cool uh i want to have a character leader stay the same heavily kit bashed of course and have another 10 or so models that i can switch in and out and equip my kill team with different tools and still follow black templars fluff Emphasis on close combat, scouts being met- mentored by full-fledged Battle Brothers. They would almost remain unnamed just to make things a little easier on me. Hope you enjoy the fluff. Yeah, so um, it's like a kill team lore, essentially. Yeah, A very character, like almost just one character yeah. story, too. The, the cool thing about this is that he talks a lot about how zealous Heinrichtus is while also dropping a hint of like, he's overzealous to the point of claiming to hear like the voice of the emperor which a lot of people do but if you're not an ecclesiarchy priest right like are you worthy of hearing <laughs> the voice is it really his is voice it demons exactly so <laughs> that like and while i'm a totally a black templar nerd fan and Black Templars obviously are the most pure, pious of all space marines. <laughs> of course, of course. I've Naturally. read that somewhere. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh, and that they've never once turned to chaos, you know. <laughs> um, and they... Yep. They're all things that are good. All things that are good, yeah. Um, it's kind of cool to think that this Heinrichtus could potentially go false to the wall. too far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with his whole, like, watching things, like, is he watching for potential... Um, like, is he watching for your devotion or is he watching to see if you're easy to persuade and mm. kind of seduce over to his way of thinking? There could. And I don't think this is what Nathaniel is going on for. Depending on the person you are, you could attribute some dark motivation to him. Like, Eric, of you're attributing yes. you dark motivation. Deep, dark secrets. Yes. Because, Eric, you don't trust people. So you think no. that this righteous black Templar guy who's doing the Emperor's work is actually a bad person. I'm not saying he is a bad person. I'm saying I wouldn't That's be surprised if he was a bad person. <laughs> yes. No, but like, there's a lot. You, you could go either way with this, which is kind of nice. It's yeah. left up in the open. A third interpretation is that he's like almost like a dirty Harry, like, you know, that loose cannon cop that like just stays outside of the rules. He's still like a, like the main character, you know, just. Yeah. Again, Always a little bit. Yeah, exactly. A little too far sometimes. Yeah, but he but, it never, he's not the bad guy. Yeah. He's definitely just, the, yeah. he does things differently. Yeah. Like you I could see him destroying an entire planet in the name of the emperor right of course because the emperor's voice told him to do it exactly and in the end it's but it's, all those people deserved it though. it's kind all of like how a possessed it. yeah. it's like it's kind of like how a possessed demon will like take your order too far hmm. or not a possessed demon a possessed human 
right? How like they interpret orders oh, differently. Oh yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. And they'll, yeah, yeah, they'll take everything to the extreme. If you say go kill that one guy, like they'll kill an entire city block just to make sure he's that dead. That one guy's dead, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I could kind of see this guy doing that. Doing horrible things. Right. But I could also You're just the see... The hero of the Imperium. Maybe he sells his soul things. to a sword and kills all his own people in order to stop the plague from carrying on. What's with you and WoW lately? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, he never sold it to the sword. He's... Frostmorn was just a... He is the sword. The <laughs> sword Ner- is always Ner- a Ner- Ner- is the first. Is in the helmet, though. Ner- yeah. Eric, I've been reading. Oh, I can, <laughs> I can tell, yeah. You never want to talk about World of Warcraft. Um, yeah. New podcast, World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, no. There's a lot. Oh, yes. There's a lot. Yes. I bet there is. Yeah. I, might, I might have to look at one. It's all right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, ultimately... Um, I think it's a decent setup for some cool narratives. Yeah, no, it's this. just a good little kill team story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I like that he directly associates like this is my plan. This is what I'm doing on the tabletop, and correlates that to his story. Yeah. That definitely bonus points. Yeah. Still not a potato though. Which is, which is odd good because or bad. I was definitely going to give it a potato. <laughs> huh. Good or bad, depending on how you rate the potato scale. Yeah, it depends on how you see the potato. It's your potato. Um, what I would like to see is the model for Heinrichtus. Yeah, yeah. So he said, heavily kit-bashed, of course. Uh-huh. What kits is he bashing? I can just see him using uh, the <clears throat> Primaris Chaplain. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. That would look nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. Big sword. Mm, what what big sword? Uh, Frostmourne, I think. is. <laughs> get, get out. Get, get the out. fuck out of my library. <laughs> That's the wrong colors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah, send us uh, some pictures. Uh, send us Nathaniel. a picture, Nathaniel. I would love to see Heinrichtus. I uh, I want him to name all his other characters. All ten of them? Yeah, and then right, if they die... Ready, go. Wait, no, wait. Well, no, the, if they die, he him. starts having to replace them with new one. One of them is already them. named, yeah. isn't it? Oh, no, his name is Heinrichtus Ulrich. Yeah. I forgot Ulrich. And the other one is Arthas, and the other one is Menethil, and the other oh, one is... Uh, what's the dad's name? Uh, I don't know, but there's Uther. Uther? Uther. Tyrion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm only a paladin. Varian. <laughs> Varian Rin. Varian Rin. You're gross. Huh. Okay. Name them after dragon aspects if you're going to name them after anything. Or, just or the Knights of the Silver Hand. Come on. German uh, names. Just German names. Knights of the Ebon Blade, even. <laughs> name one, Marcus. All Death Knights. <laughs> no. Not a, not well educated. <laughs> that, that name. Thank you, Nathaniel, for sharing, obviously. Um, let's do another one. Let's, um, Jordan, you want to read Matthews? Sure. <clears throat> is that Kelshan Enclave? Matthew, yeah. Kelshan. Ooh, Ooh, Tau. My guess is this is Tau. Kelthalas. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> obviously <laughs> Eldar. <laughs> Knight Eldar. <laughs> okay. Knight the, Eldar. Okay. <laughs> the story of this cadre started on a distant orbital colony on the fringes of Kelshan space. Kelshan is a Tau sept world. See for- Forge World for more info on that sept. During a routine ping sweep of the dark void bounced back a signal of a large fl- flotilla. On discovery of a known first contact, they do what Tau do. Straighten up the leaflets and launch a propaganda <laughs> probe uh, at, at the on- oncoming fleet to spread the glorious ideals of the greater good. For some reason, the oncoming fleet didn't uh, even acknowledge the probes. Well, anything, no words, no nothing, and without any type of psyker on board, or for that matter, anywhere in the Empire, they had no idea the shitstorm about to hit their front door. (laughs) 
Long story short, the Hive fleet, the Hive fleet tore them apart and moved it onto Kelshan to wreck face with a bunch of cool stuff and Forge World models, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Buddy bro fist with the guard, all that jazz. On the on that first orbital orbital, a few survivors remained. The cadre's commander was inside a Cold Star battle suit, which helped him survive. Along with the Ghost Keel battlesuit and six XV-25 stealth battlesuits, most likely they just cloaked and hid because meeting t- Tyranids for the first time was absolutely terrifying. But we won't judge them. I mean, come on. That shit's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they, boarded, uh, they boarded an Orca dropship and headed toward Kalshan only to start running into more destroyed orbital war spheres, diplomatic ships, and a variety of Tau Empire sept worlds. The commander made a decision to begin rescuing survivors as penance for the lives lost under his protection on the orbital. Survivors were offered safe passage from home for aid, slowly retrofitting larger and larger space vessels. Most survivors ended up staying to assist in the rescue efforts. Eventually, enough Earth cast survivors were found to retrofit an, ent- an entire orbital station to be a massive colony battleship. They eventually found a small cadre of Endros, uh, a secretive sept world, in the, to say the least, boasting things such as the creation of the Ghost Keel battlesuit. This sept met a tragic fate at the hands of the Imperium in which an ethereal had been captured for study and, uh, and they were searching for her, raiding Imperium worlds around the sector. She was lost. She, she was found dead and experimented on for study. However, a child was also found and rescued and raised into the Kelshan Enclave to become the first ethereal not raised by her caste, but raised by the survivors of the Tyranids' invasion of Kelshan. Kelshan. To this day, they have become a massive fighting force who has kept their distance from native Tau, only returning survivors from conflicts home to retire or laid to rest. Due due to the humanitarian and now militaristic achievements of this enclave, they have become close with both the Empire and Farsight enclaves, bringing trade for more advanced equipment, to even sneaking out those out of Tau, who may want to join the Farsight or Kelshan Enclave. Bonus lore, arguably the best, it's short. That ethereal I mentioned once almost got shot by an assassin, but before it hit her, a crew jumped in front of the shot being crippled, but saving her life. So they paid him well. Did that happen on tabletop? Is that why, that, is that why that's there? It's kind of cool, though, if that did happen on tabletop. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all right. Um, I like Tao. Tao and Nate. Um, I, I like that, uh, by the sounds of it, even though, um, there wasn't ethereal, the child that wasn't ethereal and wasn't raised by an ethereal was still an ethereal and is still in charge. And treated as such. Yeah. And treated as an ethereal. Like, because the Tao need the caste system. Without it, it... Without the cast system, no, I say we abolish communism. <laughs> no, it's that, they're not communists. Fuck you. Um, no, no it, like he could have went like, oh, and a fire warrior like took command. Like he could have turned that. into a far side. It, exactly. Like, it, but he stayed kind of. Oh, I liked it. It was it, just which, different enough from the far side. It's almost like when you have like 
maybe like a child king or like I for whatever reason I pictured like Buddhist temples when they go find the resurrected Dalai Lama. Oh, like their priestess or whatever. Dalai Lama, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. When they find the resurrected one, but like they could still be a child, and they're all like revere this child. And yeah. The child is supposed to be wise and everything, so it's, it's supple. Yeah. It's okay. Don't make so this, don't make this weird. <laughs> um, and it's it's cool too because I, I never honestly have thought about like ethereals being children or any Tao being children. Mm, yeah, just think of them as the disgusting <laughs> See, the race they that they are. are. Space cows. <laughs> uh, um, one moves. one thing that I would say is sure, <laughs> and that doughy eyed stare yeah. <laughs> just before you put the bolt to their head. <laughs> um. Anyways, one thing that I think verges on like dangerous territory is Ryu, the Ryu. is the being friends with everyone ah, the empire and yes the, no not the em- oh the tau the empire, tau empire yeah. and yeah. the enclaves starting to get into that area where snowflake town we can do it's, everything yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's not um, it's not so yeah. bad that and, it's like i refuse to acknowledge it but it's yeah and it's easy enough to justify it too like they they can just tell the Tao Empire that no, we don't deal with the far side. Yeah, exactly. Place. They could lie or be but, underhanded, like, or they could even act as intermediaries. Like yeah. we don't associate with them, but like we can. We know what's like. We yeah. still watch them, and we'll sell you information yeah, on them. Exactly. It's there's, there's, there's lots of ways you can go around. That. It's it yeah. may it it could even be less of a friendship and more of a, the Empire doesn't even want to acknowledge the existence of the far side enclave. Yeah. Right? So they pay these third party. To watch over them because the Empire doesn't have anything to do with it. Because they don't exist. So, yeah. So here's the only weird thing about this lore, though, I guess. Oh. The only weird thing. Sure. Nothing else is weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> why Why is it not a part of the Tau Empire? Why is it an enclave? I th- well, that's I miss, a good question. Okay. Right? Like, Potentially, maybe they, they, it, maybe they, they feel... They wouldn't be reabsorbed, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not like they're separate, like, far enough distance-wise. Well, or, or they're intentionally trying to... Maybe they're intentionally trying to be separate. different, but, like... By the sounds of it, they're still on good doing terms. the caste system, yeah. and that's the whole reason Farsight is an en- enclave because they don't believe in that anymore, really. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Not maybe maybe send us an email when you hear this and tell us why they didn't just get absorbed back into the Tau Empire because yeah. they're on good terms with the Tau Empire. Yeah, and then they just fall back into the word enemies of the enclave, like yeah. So yeah. What, what if you just what if you just refuse to go back? Why though? Like, but then the there's, empire, there's nothing in their lore that like. I think they just wanted to like. Well, he said um, he started rescuing people as penance for his. So that's his reason for doing what he's doing. Maybe the empire doesn't want them back. But then they probably wouldn't even trade with him to begin. Well, with. I mean, like it could be that you know, slap on the wrist, not so much cut off your head type yeah. deal. It it might also he might only just be calling it an enclave. No, because he specifically says like he's not really part of the Tao Empire. So it's gonna say like. Yeah. Well, it's a question best laid to the author. I'm no, not gonna no, we have to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put words in his mouth. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, send us a message. Why Why are they not just a part of the Tao Empire again? Like, yeah. Other than that, interesting. Yeah. Good yeah, enough. I like it. I like the humanitarian aspects. Not something you get a lot in 40K. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. It's, and it's believable for the Tao, right? Like, yeah. you, again, you can go outside of the theme or the, the message of 40K, but. In instances like that, like yeah, I I buy it. I yeah, like if it. anyone is gonna do it, it's it's gonna be the it's gonna be the Tau yeah. or like Eldar mm. of for their own race. Look, yeah. look at uh, yeah. <laughs> Eldar. Don't give a shit about anyone else. Uh, yeah. What is there? Is there any other enclave, or is the Farsight the only one? Farsight's the only one. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. 
because even uh, i don't know enough about tao to be honest so. yeah even like that force sphere of expansion that got flung across the galaxy yeah. and has that like star tide nexus or whatever they call yeah. it that's still a part of the tao empire they it's don't call it detached uh, yeah yeah cut across by space and time mm. and love so much love. <laughs> so many couples separated <laughs> don't worry they can just make other but couples. like yeah i have no problem uh other enclaves it just has to be a yeah like why they stay in enclave. like yeah. did you refuse to go back into the yeah. tau empire or did they refuse you back into the tau yeah. empire but okay. it's, it's an interesting thought i never didn't even register with me it was just like oh cool they're doing their own thing doing their own thing yeah tau aren't known to do that <laughs> they aren't known to do that are not oh that's <laughs> all right christian read right, uh, the last uh, the last one we're doing today all right uh this story is called jeffrey submitted by jeffrey and i don't know what it's about i did no pre-reading so i'm going in blind half cocked and full of vigor so let's do this (laughs) okay (laughs) the world serpents are founded in the 41st millennium i can just imagine you reading (laughs) where the teacher calls upon you (laughs) fucking dick (laughs) (laughs) you're reading you're ruining jeffrey's story (laughs) all right The world serpents were founded in the 41st millennium at the start of the Achilles Crusade. The new chapter was immediately flung into the conflict, fresh out of the gate, and were, were it not for the ta- tactical genius of their chapter master, Lord Salazar, the Poison Fang, the chapter would have been destroyed. Although they have not been around as long as other chapters, they have seen so much combat in the Jericho Reach that they have plenty of Astartes that one could consider heroes and veterans. Their base of operations was the death world of Pallas on the edge of the Jericho Reach until the planet was obliterated by the opening of the Great Rift. The chapter fleet immediately flew to the aid of their homeworld when they heard the news. It was in vain, however, as there was nothing left of the planet, and instead to meet the arriving fleet was a portion of the Black Legion. The chapter lost a significant number of Astartes that day, including their chapter master Salazar. Finding a successor was difficult, as much of the chapter's leadership had been killed. One Astartes was elected by the survivors for the position, and he took up the mantle of chapter master. His name was Angius. Angius? Anguis? Who knows? Anus. <laughs> no, there's a G in there for sure. The G is silent. Mm. <laughs> the G is silent. <laughs> Angius, and the most unlikely thing about this event, was that he was a tech marine. He achieved the position due to the grandmaster of the first company appointing him to captain the ship the Black Crucible, while he led a boarding party against the forces of chaos. The Grandmaster was killed in action, leaving Angius to lead the remains of the first company to take, in taking back Nightbreaker, the capital ship of the World Serpents. They fought their way with the help of survivors to the bridge, just too late to save Salazar from being mortally wounded by a demon prince. Angius is famously rumored to have then taken up the Chapter Master's fallen sword and beheaded the warp spawn. He gained the title of the Shepherd and led the chapter on a new course. They began the slow process of recruiting new forces from neighboring worlds to rebuild their chapter, but the process was slow, and without a proper homeworld or fortress monastery, it took even longer than it usually would. Upon learning of the chapter's plight, Gulliman sent a detachment of Primaris Marines born of the Lion's Gene Seed to fill the ranks of the weakened chapter. There was animosity at first due to the clear heretical nature of the newcomers, but they knew that they were in no position to turn away help. Sorry, Mark. Because <laughs> Primaris. Primaris are the best. I should have read this story. <laughs> <laughs> they constructed a new fortress monastery upon their flagship, once called Nightbreaker, now renamed Palace Requiem, 
and have been adding on to it ever since, until it has become something of an artificial space hulk, a mobile fortress four to five kilometers long and one to two wide. The World Serpent soon found that having a mobile command base suited their secretive needs much more than their old home world ever did. I'm almost breaking out into tears over this story. So sad. (laughs) (laughs) However, they do not feel ready to rejoin the crusade yet and instead spend their time defending the six worlds that are now their recruitment stock and regaining their strength. They are a successor chapter of the Dark Angels and the Sons of the Lion. Heraldry, a bone-white snake devouring its tail on a black or dark gray field. Colors, dark gray or black shoulders, helmet, and power pack, and dark green for the rest of it. Warcry, remember Jormungandr, remember the fallen. Motto, strike like a cottonmouth from the swamp. Culture and facts of the world serpentis, serpents. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my gothic. My yeah. gothic is starting to... Terra serpentis. <laughs> the world serpents are not codex compliant and prefer to keep their activities secret from everyone else. Classic dark angels. <laughs> they will work with other imperial forces but prefer to work alone. After the destruction of the palace, they have since resorted to scavenging anything they can get their hands on. Rather than cobbling things together like the orcs, however, their tech marines utilize salvage technology with tactical and precise engineering efficiency. This doesn't stop their armor and vehicles from looking somewhat odd, though, as they take bits and pieces from whatever they can get their hands on, including things from Chaos Space Marines and old remnants of the 31st millennium, such as Mark III iron armor. Heresy! No, save it till the end. (laughs) The chapter also delves considerably into the realm of the Immaterium. Their psychers are searching through the warp for their long-lost planet, hoping against hope that it might still be intact, floating in the warp. I would not hope. (laughs) Do not like to hope in these lands. Or do not like to hope it has forsaken these lands. Yeah. Yeah. Stop quoting things. Do you ever have an original thought? <laughs> Even this whole episode. <laughs> just just reading. reading other people's stuff. All around me. <laughs> Their old homeworld of palace was a swamp-covered wasteland. It's denizens living out a putrid existence, harvesting biomass from the swamps in order to fuel the war machines of the Imperium. I can see why they want it back. <laughs> The inhabitants of this death world proved to be great hunters and ambushers, quite adept at sneaking through and under the bogs to capture the various fauna that existed there. Now the recruitment worlds for the chapter are Kyrioth, a hive world, Melora, a jungle death world full of incredibly dangerous flora and fauna, Malkazar, a desert world with a harsh, arid climate, Azazel 4, a dead world inhabited by scavengers. Is that 4? Yeah. Yeah. You can just give me a look. Well, I was just surprised you'd even question yourself on that. It's Roman. I know, but my left and my right are scare me. (laughs) Your side or my side? Exactly. Um, Where was I? A dead world inhabited by scavengers. It was once the site of a great battle during the Horus Heresy. This world is where the world serpents acquired most of their scavenged tech. In orbit, there is a wreckage of a thousand ships, and on the planet below, untold hundreds of fallen space marines from both sides of the conflict. Their armor and weapons perfect for salvage. Shellion, a mineral-rich world that neighbored Jormagunder, and now the once-lost colony on Flam, which was rescued by the chapter from invading Tyranids and Tau forces. <coughs> Tactics. The Serpents employ a variety of weapons in tactical ambushes, utilizing teleportariums to send their Terminator squads into action in surprise attacks against various enemies. 
They once retook the entire city of Vostok by transporting Terminators inside the city's sewers and then climbing right upwards into the middle of rebel encampments, slaughtering the unsuspecting heretics. I love that. Why not just teleport directly into the... <laughs> because it's dangerous. Okay. We'll allow it. Grudgingly. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> just imagine like Terminators like coming from below. Will they even fit through manholes? They it seems just, awkward. They, they will just blow through. holes through the <laughs> yeah. ground. and I like it. Special divisions and their defining heraldry. The Red Fang. Small kill teams designed to, go, to do quick, stealthy insertion missions. These squads bear a red right shoulder pad bearing one of four snake design, designations. Cobra, Viper, Mamba, Crate. Yes, I definitely made this up in preparation for kill team. At least he's honest. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. The Death Fang, an all-Terminator company designed for covert operations of extreme danger. See? They're stealth Terminators. That's why they went in the series. Ah. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> um. It makes me think of Reavers using skull masks. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> Anyways. Identified by, uh, by their dark gray armor as opposed to the bronze of the rest of the chapter. Made in honor of their parent chapter's Deathwing Terminators. Constrictor Company. A special company designed for surrounding an enemy and squeezing them until they are defeated. This company is identifiable by the black markings on their power armor. First company, Veterans and the Death Fang. Second company, Constrictor Company and the Red Fang. Notable figures of the World Serpents. Lord Salazar, the Poison Fang. Rank position, Chapter Master. Status, Deceased. Entombed within uh, Jormagunder's Requiem. Notable Deeds. He leads his chapter into the Jericho Reach to fight in the Achilles Crusade. They conquered several planets in the name of the Emperor of Mankind under his leadership. He was killed when he flew his flagship directly into an opposing fleet of the Black Legion after Jormagunder was consumed by the Great Rift. Lord Drago the Shepherd. Ranked position, Chapter Master Tech Marine. Status living. Notable deeds, he led the World Serpents after the death of Salazar and has helped rebuild the chapter since then. Thoros Marilinian Librarian. Rank position, Chief Librarian. Status living. Notable deeds, fought to defend the lost colony of Flam and was able to assist the colony's aspiring astropath in sending a message to the nearby World Serpent's fleet. Sidonis the Unyielding. Rank position, was a Devastator Marine, is currently vulnerable, venerable dreadnought. Very vulnerable. Vulnerable dreadnought. He's He's emotionally vulnerable, not physically. (laughs) What did they do to my body? <laughs> you guys ever read that um, graphic novel of the Black Templars? No, but I want to. It is on my list. Awesome. It. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, like I've seen, I've read like. But yeah, there's a dreadnought issues. in it. And, yeah. Anyway, he's emotionally vulnerable. Very. It's a dreadnought. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Status entombed in a venerable dreadnought. Notable deeds. The only survivor of his Devastator squad, who all died on Nightbreaker. He was found mortally wounded, surrounded by a dozen dead Chaos Marines and was then saved by being entombed in a dreadnought. He now fights for his chapter until either the warp swallows us all or the dreadnought is destroyed, killing him forever. (laughs) That's very dark. (laughs) Captain Tarwin. Rank position, Terminator Captain First Company. Status, alive. Notable deeds, assisted in the retaking of Nightbreaker, personally commanded the defense of Kirioth, and the oncoming onslaught of the Iron Warriors on the planet. And that's it. Nice. Cool. It's a lot of cool information in that. Yeah, I like all the little details, like the Constrictor Company, and like names a couple of these heroes that have done like a deed, and just gives you a brief little blurb yeah, on yeah. them. Just yeah. enough to, to tell you, like, this is what they're known for. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious. 
Um, so he's called Lord Salazar the Poison Fang. Mm-hmm. Did he use like a poison blade or like venomous ammo that would be or cool. something? Yeah. Like, or- like he was called the Poison Fang, but why is he called the Poison Fang? That's something I think I'd, I'd like to yeah. know. It, it might just be because the whole chapter has like that serpent so, motif. Of yeah. course. Yeah. So, it could be that like their yeah, title and, and of and Chattis just, Master is the Poison Fang. It, it could exactly. be. Yeah. But I'd like to think that, you know, yeah, he, he was called. He was Salazar, the poison thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there an, an, any other instance of a tech marine being a chapter master? Iron hands, I believe, do that. Okay. Iron fathers. Iron fathers. Is that what they have? Um, yeah, that's what they call their tech marines. Yeah. They're like chaplain tech marine. Oh, yeah. conversions, but yeah. So they they fulfill a role of chaplain and tech marine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally totally believable. It's it's cool, it's unique for sure. Yeah, but it's it's nice that it's not like oh, never like you've never seen it before because it's an impossibility. Yeah. It's nice to know that it's definitely within the realm of yeah, what we've seen. Oh yeah. yeah. And th- there's like librarians who lead chapters. I'm like, sure an apothecary could. I'm it's sure. it's um, different. I'm sure he could. It's different. Yeah, I, don't yeah, see why I was not. just thinking of a, an example I thought yeah. red scorpions, but they they no. they value apothecaries, but they don't they're not, not led by one. Well, it's just interesting to me because of the doctrine you would receive as a tech marine. Like, would it alter the doctrine or the way you kind of view your role as, like, a chapter or your identity as a chapter? Well, yeah, for definitely. them for them specifically, he's talking about how they scavenge materials. Right, but so that definitely has that changed since he became chapter master? No, it, it makes sense for them to do that mm, because they're led to by have, a tech marine. To have a change. Yeah. To, to be into like salvage and scavenging because you know the tech marines are the ones that are doing it so why not be led by them it totally fits I think yeah. their theme I really like that I love now, the scavenger using feel. chaos marine armor totally plausible yeah yeah depends he's not using Nurgle marine armor how do you know well, I'm sure you specifically could, I'm sure said, you can cleanse and no. salvage and like you could probably melt it down and reuse it. Like you, you could go that far filthy. with it, <laughs> you could for sure. But you could also like you can do like cleansing rituals and yeah. stuff where you don't have to melt everything down. I thought he said he was specifically fighting the Black Legion, which I've seen Iron Warriors in there, Black Legion. Oh, I don't know if they just fight different groups. Hmm. Um, but I'm sure yeah. they have fought oh, all kinds of fine. Marines at all times. And then yeah. there's the Heresy battlefields where those Marines wouldn't necessarily have been. First, you'd have loyalist dead bodies, so you can scavenge those, yeah. and then you yeah. could have traitor ones that maybe weren't as warp tainted yeah. at that point in time so you could easily scavenge oh, of course yeah. too just, so a- i love i love that i love that that they're scavenging like old battlefields which would have like hundreds if not thousands of suits of armor just like oh yeah just dust it off and fix just it up and you're good to go it's only ten thousand years old <laughs> hey it's 40k hey. <laughs> everything is ten thousand years old their planet um lost in the warp yeah, that's yeah. that's a cool, touch. cool thing. They're they're trying to. It gives them something to, like aim towards, like a, an overall goal, and not just fighting battles. Like they're in search of their planet. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. They're not just floating. Well, I I even like that their focus right now isn't even fighting battles. It's purely like we just need to rebuild ourselves. And I think I like that he's giving it the appropriate. So you're for uh, nationalism, then is what you're saying. What you like <laughs> he's giving them the you're appropriate for, amount of you're time. For, you're to, for looking after yourself and your own, not worrying no, about not just national. Nationalism is a betrayal of patriotism, Mark. <laughs> That's fun. Anarchy. That's what Macron said. Mm. No, patriotism is just nationalism light. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll let you argue with the French president. No, I, I like that he's giving them ample time to rebuild themselves. And it's not like, oh, they're back. 
It's yeah. like, no, like they're only focused on defending these worlds right now. Yeah. And I like when they, when people say that um, they recruit when more likely it's like kidnap. <laughs> we raid your village and take your no, children. Sometimes I'm sure there's some villages that see it as an honor and offer up their children to the sky gods. I would. I'd offer myself up if they would take me. <laughs> they wouldn't. I just want please, to say that right now. Please. Yeah. No, I really like it. And I also like the description of all the planets. Like, they all have like yeah, different, yeah. like. Sure, they suffer terrain, from uh, jungle world, Star Wars desert world, yeah. but whatever. But it's more realistic. Uh, what? To have like a single planet come of a single thing yeah like there's an i don't think so. oh yeah jupiter isn't all gas do you know how mars many gases mars do you know how many different gases mars there isn't are just rock um pluto isn't it just is, ice. has polar ice caps actually <laughs> not anymore yeah it does not mars anymore. totally it's oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not anymore. No, yeah yeah you're right you're right but there's it, not planets made entirely of diamond yeah yeah I'm just saying, of all the planets we've seen, it's more likely that you're composed of Earth is more unique yes, than yes. the other planets. Yes. And terraforming can be done to whatever planet you want. Right, right? but they, why would you terraform, terraform it into right? a desert? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it used to be a lush green world. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. what they call exterminatus. <laughs> just terraforming. <laughs> Reverse terraforming. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I genuinely, I liked it top to bottom, left and right. So definitely a potato. No, not a potato. Eric, do you know what a potato is? <laughs> None of these stories are potatoes. Potatoes, you could be delicious. Until someone mash- submits a potato chapter of the French Fry Legion, <laughs> then they are not potatoes. Who's a pr- Primark Ronald McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he hates the Hamburglar. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, the chaos subset yeah, exactly. of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Their scout marines are called tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a potato. I will give that, that a potato. That is a potato. <laughs> Yeah, cool. That's that's all we got. I use ketchup cannons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm hungry now. Uh, yeah, those are the four that we have deemed worthy to share with you guys today. <laughs> all of them are worthy. We'll share all of them. Oh, you send them, we'll share them eventually. Yeah, we're gonna get through it. Except yours, Derek. I read yours. Yours is <laughs> garbage. It, it Please was don't a, resubmit. A fanfic about me and Eric being <laughs> <laughs> lovers in the night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> it was a Harlequin romance. <laughs> Love can bloom in 40K. No, it can't. That's a lie. Mm. Okay. Uh, but thank you so much, guys. Um, I guess we'll uh, see you back here in a couple and a little bit for for the real. If ever, if you ever, if <laughs> when you go, when uh-huh. you when you go to and the potato, you get a potato for. Uh-huh. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Peace. See ya.